Hey everybody, my name is Axel Villamil. This is 24 Shades of Blue. We're here at Toronto Police Services Marine Unit HQ, and we're gonna be speaking to Kevin Lee, who is the Community Service Officer for the Toronto Police Services Marine Unit. We'll be learning about everything that happens with the Marine Unit and everything that goes on and what type of calls they get taken on. So come on and check it out. So Kevin, just wondering what the difference is uh, between the Marine Unit versus any of the other units at Toronto Police Services. Well, the Marine Unit's a support unit, so we're under uh, specialized emergency response. We're, we're in the same umbrella as ETF and K-9 unit, so we uh, offer support to any of the divisional units on anything dealing with the water or any specialized search requirements, so that would where we would come in. Nice. Is there any common misconceptions that the public has about Marine Unit? Most people kind of just see us kind of patrolling the edge of the water because we're looking to see what's going on on shore. And it just looks like we're out for a boat cruise every day, but we're, it's the same as patrolling in a police car. For sure. Yeah. Well, I think in reality, I mean, definitely from what I first saw Marine yeah. Unit, I'm like, what exactly is Marine Unit you know, doing? Especially in like Ontario, you know, I wouldn't think that there's a lot to do, but yeah. what kind of stuff do you usually get called out for? If we're not doing our kind of divisional assistance type calls where we, are, we get called basically any division that has water to deal with, we get called to assist with uh, a lot of searches for missing people, uh, collection of evidence uh, that's been dumped or lost in the water. Um, and then in here we do a lot of uh, water safety for the boating community. That's uh, a major part of what we do when we're not assisting uh, a division. So most of our messaging is just, is just water safety because being on the water can be so unexpectedly dangerous. So that they just don't, some people just aren't prepared with all the safety equipment they need and some people don't even realize, even if they've taken their test, they just kind of forget the things that they're, they're required to have with them on a boat. So a lot of our stuff is just safety messaging and then enforcement if people are, are breaking the speeding laws on the water or don't have their safety equipment. Um, we deal with the island as well. So I was going to ask you about that with the island. I mean, there's a lot of parties that happen on there. So yeah. And, uh, you, you and your team are obviously in charge of you know, things that happen there as well? Or um, bring out other yeah. teams to, to help enforce those? If there's big events on the island, a lot of that will be... Uh, it's 52 Division will probably be handling it with their, their community response guys. and then But we end up being the transport, obviously back and forth for any of that that goes on. And then any of the water components around, around the island itself. On the day-to-day -day basis, we respond to all the calls on the island, um, just regular calls like a, a domestic call or assault call or any of the usual break and enters and things like that. We deal with all those calls for the residents that live on the island. So, um, and then if there's a further investigation to do something major, then that end of it goes to 52 Division uh, for the investigative side because we don't really have an investigative capacity here. Yeah. So that's Makes kind sense. of how it works that way. What type of special training does Marine Unit have to do? Obviously there's water, but is there anything else that, you know, uh, is, I guess, special uh, about the training that you guys do? Well, to get to the unit itself, you need to uh, apply and then you do a physical test. Yeah. So people that uh, apply to the unit have to pass a physical, physical test. And then if you pass that, then you need to do an interview here, a panel interview. Uh, where they ask various questions about 
about what you would do in certain situations. And then uh, once you get that, uh, if you're chosen to come down and take the course, uh, it's called the Coxman's course, and it's, uh, it's a three-week course that uh, is run by our training department. It includes uh, op operating, how to operate these vessels, uh, all the different types of vessels we have, and search and rescue, uh, how to run different patterns, and how to do navigation on the water, um, all, all the basics you need, and then, then, you just, then it's in-house learning after that. And then you know, as long as you pass that course, you, you get put on a list to come down here when spots become available. I mean, I only did a little bit of lifeguarding before, but I guess what, what would be one of the hardest tests, especially from a physicality standpoint, uh, that you had to, to go through? Uh, the swim, I mean, unless you're you know, like a competitive swimmer, like it would probably seem, you know, easy enough for a competitive swimmer, but uh, that, that throws a lot of people off is the consistent swimming and uh, doing laps of the pool. A lot of people just don't swim for that long. Um, and then some people don't ever dive down to a depth of more than 10 feet. Some people just, their head goes under the water and they don't realize there's the, the pressure. Yeah. When you get, the farther down you go, the more pressure there is. So probably that. Um, How deep do you guys go? Well, it depends on which pool we have to use because uh, we, we have to use pools to do it. We don't actually do the, the testing in the lake itself, but uh, I think it's maybe 10 or 12 feet. So it's not that, it's not that deep, yeah. but um, it's unusual for some people. They just think they, they hadn't done that before. You're not meditating down there? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they got to pick up a brick and bring it back to the top. Nice. So. Are you, how about treading water? I, I remember that was a test yeah. that we did. Yeah, yeah, there's a timed, uh, yeah, there's a timed uh, water test and then we do a, um, a simulator rescue so uh, you would have partner up and then you have to do like two lengths of the pool dragging a person that's unconscious so uh, yeah so there's that that stuff um, um, and, then, and the job itself is pretty pretty physical like just all our equipment is very heavy the the bags that we carry weigh anywhere between maybe 50 and 75 pounds depending on what you carry in your bag and that's the bag you got to bring around with you every time you go in the boat so um, yeah, you kind of got to stay in decent shape or you're going to blow your back out just, just carrying our equipment. So apart from Lake uh, that, you know, is over here and all the other lakes that, you know, are within Canada, is there any other types of bodies of water like swimming pools that you and the marine unit work with? Uh, yeah, we're responsible for any bodies of water that are within the, the city of Toronto. Uh, the lake itself, we go to... Scarborough Pickering border mm -hmm. and to the east and to the west we go to Etobicoke Toronto border and that's your Etobicoke, jurisdiction uh, Etobicoke Creek and that's our east-west jurisdiction and we go out 16 miles out which is where the U.S. border is yeah. uh, and that's kind of where it's it's a lot of water it's 440,000 acres of water yeah uh, so it's a lot and at best we'll have three boats out on the water for that uh, we uh, beyond that, we'll do both major rivers, which is Don River, Humber River, and then even all the other, any other of the waterways, the man-made water spillways that are up around in um, 42 Division, 43 Division. There's Mimico Creek, Grenadier Pond in High Park. We've had to do a lot of searches in there for missing people or people throw stuff in there that they don't want to be found. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and even swimming pools, like I said. Uh, if somebody drowned in a swimming pool, um, because of the way the Coroner's Act is written, we we can, Marine Unit can go in and remove the body yep. and put it on shore 
you're not really supposed to touch a body until mm -hmm. um, the coroner says so. Got it. We can remove it because the coroner's not going to dive into the pool to get the body. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have to. We do, do that, and then so we we uh, we do yeah. So pools as well. I mean, that must be just. I guess body removal must be a whole whole thing it, for yeah. everybody. It, we do a lot of that here, and that doesn't really doesn't really get reported on. We probably get on average between thirty and forty um, bodies in the lake or in the rivers, mostly a year? in the lake a for year, the year for every year. That's a, that's kind wow. of a how's the uh, gruesome standard, but oh, yeah, that's about it. I bet how's the how's the psyche for the team? You know, I mean, it, it, it must be a gruesome sight. You know, when you do look at yeah. it, I mean, it's very different. Either it's bloated, all that type of stuff. Yeah, like, it's it's a bit more uh, kind of yeah. The bodies are in much worse shape when we sure. pull them out, unless it just just happened. Like, of course. Uh, but if it's somebody that's been down for a while, uh, yeah, you can. It could be a bit gruesome. Do you and the team like talk about it after? Like, yeah. or, like you guys see people if you need yeah. to, type of thing, and yeah, we have each a, other. Yeah, we uh, we go through uh, a, a process. There's a uh, critical incident uh, debriefs, kind of things that uh, can be done if guys are having any issues with what they've seen. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, guys seem to manage it pretty well. I mean, mo everybody that's here probably has been about on the road for about ten years, so mm -hmm. they've already seen a lot of you know just crazy stuff just from policing in general before they come here so yeah so they're they're kind of mentally ready for it it's just yeah. a, it's just a different just a avenue to the weird things that we see different department absolutely yeah. Yeah. in terms of you know marine unit as a, as a whole other department as well um what kind of equipment differs uh i mean everybody obviously you're all licensed to carry a gun but what other things do you use that differs from everybody else um well obviously the boats is the big one yeah so you need to operate in a a, you know, six, seven hundred horsepower boat uh, can be, you know, challenging. And it's, I mean, it's easy to go and rip around out in the open water in a straight line or turning, but yeah, it's when you get into somewhere that's tight with Absolutely. a boat that gets tricky with the wind and stuff. So you, we have to obviously learn how to be pretty good boat handlers. Um, and then with all of our rescue training, all the scenarios are different. Um, so we do uh, swift water training. So anybody that it was in a river that needs to be rescued, if yep. the rivers, somebody's gotten trapped on one of the low head dams that are in the Humber River. So we have all scenarios. So we have a lot of gear that we use, ropes and lines, and go through specific training to safely get somebody out of a river that's going really fast. Absolutely. Um, and, then the, and then the ice rescue too. We have <laughs> yeah. uh, ice rescue gear for the similar thing. Oh, nice. We have to go out onto the ice and rescue people in the wintertime that fall through. And that does happen more than most people think. Yeah. Uh, so we do ice rescue. And then we also have another team. There's a dive team here. Yes. That uh, you, once you're here, you can kind of look to apply to the dive team if there's an opening. And then there's also a Rove side scan, which means Rove is a remotely operated vehicle. So it's a, a robot, underwater robot, a little submarine, and then a sonar imaging system that takes a picture of the bottom as well. Nice. So those are things, once you're here, those are other avenues to specialize within the unit itself. So you have m way more fun toys than the other departments. Yeah, we got, got, some, cool, we got some pretty <laughs> cool toys, yeah. It's all very unique toys, so it's yeah. all learning something that's brand new, which it, is always, it's interesting. Is it tricky to transition into marine unit? Um, from other units I've heard it's like, you know, sometimes it's very difficult or the, the processor's not enough spots or the turnover is like yeah. really low, so you don't, yeah, it's, uh, well, I mean, it's it's there is a, enough turnover just through guys that would retire or guys that get promoted. Yep. 
things like that or another opportunity for another unit comes up. In terms of the, um, I guess, getting into or transitioning into Marine Unit, is it tricky right. uh, to transition oh, yeah. from right. when you're outside so, of it? Yeah. Yeah, it can be, it's different. I mean, getting here is its own process. And then once you're here, it is very different. Um, like I came from uh, uh, four districts, so 41 division, or, or sorry, 42 and 43 division, kind of before I got here, you know, it's very busy. It's it's just different because the divisional guys are, it's just go, go, because it's responding to radio calls. Yeah. They just keep coming. So it's yeah. just going to calls, 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 calls. Uh, and then when you're here, you're un tied from the radio in that way. Oh, you're so separated it's, because it's, it's different because we're a support unit. So it. we don't just answer, and we only answer obviously calls that re relate to the water. So there's not as many of them, mm -hmm. but we're also very, so you also have to be ready to do a lot of training Yeah. because this is training centric because we're kind of, I mean, you have to do it right because there's nobody else that can come and get us if we screw it up. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, uh, Let's look at kind of get up the atmosphere here. It's yeah. very like, I mean, it's the morning, so it's kind of relaxed. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like everybody here is on a dime, ready to go to do yeah. what they need to do. It's very, all of our rescue scenarios, because they're water, are very time sensitive. Yeah. So you need to be able to, within the harbor, you need to be able to get there within a minute or two. Oh, um, absolutely. Uh, but if, and outside, basically anytime somebody goes in the water, there's, there's a, a chance if they aspirate any of that water yeah. when their head goes under, you're very limited in how much time you have to get them before they're gonna stay down. Especially so. that Lake Ontario water. Yeah, it could be pretty cold. <laughs> Outside of the harbor itself, Oh it's, yeah, it's really very chilly. I bet, yeah. I bet. Kevin, can you explain what room we're in and kind of um, tell us about what goes on in here? Sure, uh, well this would be our, our front desk area, we just call it that, which is basically where our station operator uh, sits and they're a little different than a divisional station operator in that they dispatch the calls to the marine unit. So uh, communications gets a 911 call. If it has anything to do with the water, it gets sent down here mm -hmm. and then they let go of the call and then it's it's our responsibility to manage the resources and do the affect the call. Uh, so they're, they're a little more like a dispatcher and a station operator kind of mixed together. Nice. So you you really are your own. Yeah, because you know. they don't have the Coast Guard radio system that we have to monitor, as well as the police radio band. Oh wow! So uh, you double so, the work. Yeah. Got so it. we we're in communication with them, and we're in communication with the uh, Billy Bishop Airport. Got it. Um, so there's there's a, a lot of different angles. So what what types of calls is, are, are usually coming in that you hear, especially in yeah. the summer? What do you hear? The call that we get with gets everybody going quickly is the person in the water call. So somebody's fallen in or mm. uh, capsized a boat or if it's windy or bad weather, then boats, you know, lost power going into the rocks because everybody wants to be near the shore, seeing what's going on. Your boat loses power, wind starts blowing you into the rocks. Mm -hmm. So we get a lot of those. Those are kind of like hot calls where we got to go kind of full out to get there. Um, then we do get all of your other types of calls for almost kind of general policing calls where you get assaults and calls for the island because the island is so busy. Yeah. Um, there's thousands and thousands of people on the island in the summer. Um, we do a lot of uh, vessel assist calls to vessel complaints mm. where people are like Hanlon's Beach. Yeah. There you may get in the summertime, you could get a hundred boats uh, all anchored off the beach. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so it becomes a big party zone. So then it just oh, yeah, becomes sure. like 
like any other kind of public party kind of scenario. We get everybody's drinking and this and Absolutely. that. Absolutely. The usual, usual stuff, people diving on the boats and sea dews ripping around in between everybody. So oh, yeah. We just kind of, it, just for safety's sake, we, we're there a lot and we get a lot of calls. I think a lot of people think water is just up for grabs because it's Yeah, <laughs> it gets a little wild westy out there yeah. with uh, when people get on the water. So especially yeah. during the COVID stuff, people use the water as their kind of pressure valve release ah, of course there and do what i want and it doesn't really work that way <laughs> but uh absolutely. it just makes it easier for us absolutely and and then apart from the water what other i guess do you even handle water on land as well like i guess for yeah so we would get uh, the other types of calls beyond the lake itself is uh especially spring and fall we get a lot more uh river calls so, yeah uh, so we, we get all the calls for uh uh, people that go into the river and swim and, and get trapped or if the river floods. Yeah. So we do uh, river rescue calls mm -hmm. as well. And in the wintertime, we'll end up doing ice rescue calls either on the river or on the shore. Um, and even for things such as uh, we would get called if somebody drowned in a pool, yeah. they would be going there. So we have all of our trucks and we would trailer any equipment that we need mm -hmm up into the city for Grenadier Pond or any, any bodies of water in the city. We do calls for that and we do searches for evidence or for a body in any of the, any of the bodies of water. In, in terms of the roles within the unit, do you have, you know, I'm sure you have your stronger swimmers or people that are just manning on the boat or is everybody, you know, an equal amount of uh, uh, swimmer strength or swimmer experience? Generally, I mean, everybody has pretty similar because uh, we all have to pass the same yep. tests as far as swimming is concerned. Um, and then it's just depending on, on on what you need. I mean, some of the rescue techniques, we're using a lot of ropes yeah. uh, where somebody's going into the water to grab somebody yeah. and you've got a line attached to your life jacket and you're just basically swimming to them yeah. through the current to get them. And then you, as soon as you grab the person, get them in a safe position, you just stop and the guys on shore, it's their responsibility to pull you back. So Absolutely. you're probably going to want some big guys on shore sure. to not let you go. Yeah. So we get the big, <laughs> the big guys up on shore to, to help get you to shore safely. So nice. Yeah. So, and then it sounds like you also have a dive team. So it sounds mm -hmm. like, is that, that I would say that's one of the other sub categories. Yeah. yeah. There's like ways you can specialize within the unit itself. You can, uh, apply for the dive team or, uh, apply to the rove and side scan team. So there are two kind of avenues. Dive teams, obvious. It's they do uh, all of the underwater diving. They're they're commercial divers, mm -hmm. so they have to have their commercial. They go through the dive course at Centennial College and like all the patties. Commercial stuff. diver, yeah, yeah, yeah patty. Yeah. Well, you, patties you need that to apply. They're the basic, yeah. And you go to a commercial dive school to learn their techniques because they do a lot of surface supply oh, where you yeah. have the big helmet and then different respirator. Yeah, stuff they do scuba, yeah. which is the tanks on your back, and then they'll also do surface supply where you're attached to an umbilical cord to the boat oh, okay. itself, and they Got control it. your oxygen supply Got while it. you're working down below because you can stay down there and come back up and not worry about any pressure differences and things. Got and it. then. The Rove team, uh, they have the underwater robot, and they can just narrow the scope of uh, a search area because mm -hmm. it's it's a long, tedious process to do it by by a diver. Uh, they can only cover so much ground, and we can hopefully narrow the the size of the area down by finding targets for them. We think that might be it, based on what the robot can see through its cameras and sonar, uh, and then they can hopefully just clarify for sure if that's what we thought it was. 
Nice. Yeah. So what kind of organizations does the Marine Unit work with? I guess our community organizations do you work with? We work with community organizations. Well, we work with anybody on the water. So we work with obviously the city and the Port Authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work with uh, Harborfront Center along there. So they have a lot of property and manage the marinas that are on the shore. Uh, we work with all the marinas and yacht clubs that are within our boundaries. Um, we uh, we do a lot of community events with, uh, we do the the boat show, we yeah. do the air show, uh, the sportsman show. So we're just involved and we try and have a small presence there. Um, so I run our uh, Toronto uh, Marine Unit uh, Auxiliary Program. Okay. So I have uh, nine auxiliary officers right. that come in and volunteer their time nice. and they go up to all of our uh, excuse me, all of our events that we would have, or we need to, we have a booth at the boat show. Uh, we're there to promote water safety. And then we have our auxiliaries help us man mm-hmm. those community functions so that we don't have to use our resources from the water. Um, so there's uh, all of those shows. There's all the Red Path Waterfront Festival. Sounds like a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's that's a lot. Good. Of, I can't even remember them all, to be honest. I mean, but there's, there's a whole bunch. In terms of water safety stuff, do you have that those ties as well that, you know, Marine Unit goes and, you know, teaches other, I guess, um, communities or clubs or teams that are on the water? Yeah, yeah. we've, uh, in the wintertime, in, uh, we'll do all of our training and recertification that we don't have time to do in the summer. Yeah. Um, but then we usually do uh, education component in the wintertime, too. We've had officers... Uh, they put together a water safety presentation and they'll go to schools. Nice. And they'll uh, they'll give a talk to uh, different schools through that. And it's obviously different during COVID stuff, but you know, before that, we were doing that on a pretty regular basis over the wintertime. Um, and my my function is I'll, I'll go out and if uh, any uh, marine unit, or uh, yacht clubs and marinas want their members, they want a, uh, like a talk about water safety and different scenarios, then I would go and talk with the community and, and promote water safety. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in the winter, how is the Marine unit? Uh, it's still, it's good. It's a different pace. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is slower in the winter. We're, we're recertifying and getting our training caught up. Yeah. Uh, the calls that come in um, are different. They're uh, either ice rescue calls. That's our, our big one. Yeah. Uh, people that fall through the ice, which does happen more than people think. <laughs> uh, either on the rivers, People walking their dogs. They yeah. go. The dog goes in. They go to get it. They fall in, and now we have to. Things. Now we have to rescue the owner because the dog always gets out <laughs> on its own. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty common call. Ice rescue, and a lot of these kids, kids down by the edge, oh, yeah. messing around with the, the ice mm-hmm. at the edge. How far can they go out? Of course, so, those kind of things. Um, and then our equipment swip, sw- swaps out for the winter, so we have to uh, learn how to use the hovercraft yep. and how to use our ice boat, which is like, a, uh, it looks like one of those Florida Everglades kind of sitting fan on boats, one of those. It's got a big airplane propeller on yeah. the back, but it, it's a boat. So it can go in the water, it can go up on the ice, cross snow, whatever you need it to do. Wow. But uh, So it's kind of crazy, but fun to operate. I bet. And then I guess my other question was, um, is when there's the you know u.s border and you're, you're right at the edge of jurisdiction how does that work if anything floats over like who who deals with what and um is there any like does there any problems happen no we we work pretty well with the u.s side um we communicate with them quite often as far as the marine components we, yeah we talk to all the different marine uh, law enforcement or um even the border patrol cbsa yeah. uh, u.s coast guard all that so 
Uh, it works out pretty good. If anything happens out on the on the border itself, we just whoever's there first deals with it. Got it. And then we communicate because it's just if it's a rescue scenario, we just go out there, deal with it. If it's close, we're just going to get it. Of course. Anyway, yeah. And then 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 you go, okay, well, where are you from? And yeah. then we deal with it that way. Makes sense. So yeah, just, we're safety, safety first, and then we can deal with the other <laughs> stuff later. Nice. So, what, yeah. What's your favorite thing about working here? Uh, just everything's different. Like it's, <laughs> uh, every day is different, like up, uptown too, but there, it's so varied here. And we have such a big scope and area to to, to deal with. Uh, every call can, is unique and interesting, so. Is there, was there any reason you chose Marine Unit or just? Uh, yeah, I've always, Loved the water, and I, I had a boat and you know cottage type stuff. But uh, yeah, I was always been been interested in uh, in the marine aspect of things. So yeah, it was fitting. a good choice. It was a good choice for me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Yeah, I appreciate the time. You're and, welcome uh, for being on Twenty Four Shades of Blue. We're out. <laughs>